What I'm about to say is not going to be popular, but that's okay. If I wanted to be popular, I wouldn't say some of the things that I say on the Dangerous Faith podcast. Welcome to today's episode. I'm your host, Nathan Williams. has shifted if you couldn't tell. It used to be, what can I do for my country? What can I do for my society, my family, or my God? It used to be if your family, if your father was a blacksmith, you were a blacksmith. If your father was a farmer, you were a farmer. Now this might be the point where if you're about my age, you start to roll your eyes. You say, oh no, you're not going to give me that grandpa, well, back in my day, you know, where everything was better, everything was perfect, people just worked hard, yada yada. They might say, oh, you know, back in the old days, life expectancy was 35 years old. Uh, Science and technology was backwards, Uh, mental illnesses were ignored, etc., etc. Do you really want to go back to those days? Now, I'm not saying that. I'm not going to paint a rosy picture of the good old days. You know, there was a lot of evil. Uh, There was a lot of ignorance. And I I get that. But I think there can be a middle ground. In modern times, uh, I think self-creation and self-discovery has gone too far in certain directions. Now, let me explain. Uh, people are on a journey of self-discovery, right? You, you hear the joke, oh, I'm going to Europe to go backpacking and discover myself. If the world does not fit you or do what you want, it's their problem and not your own. You can be whatever you want to be. Don't let anyone stop you. You know, the Disney princess kind of, you know, do your own thing. Be your own person. What this has led to is a uh, a rejection of the D word. And this is the D word that no one likes anymore. What is this word? Duty. In common terms, duty means a responsibility to do or be something because of a relationship that you have with something else. For example, we owe a duty to God. Why? Because he created us, and the creator of an object gets to decide the purpose of that object. It kind of comes with the territory. If you create a lawnmower, you get to decide, hey, this is what the lawnmower is used for. It's used to cut grass, etc., etc. Our duty, our responsibility, is to be the best followers of God we can be in exchange for God taking care of us. We also owe a duty to our country. Now, this is going to be very unpopular. You know, people think of the Vietnam War and other things, but why is this? Well, we live in our country, and our country is supposed to keep the peace, provide for opportunities to take care of us and our loved ones, and promote justice. Our duty is to be the best citizens we can be for our country, in exchange for our country taking care of us. Do you see kind of the responsibility in the relationship? We owe a duty to our country to serve it and to make it better in exchange for our government helping to take care of us, you know, being just and being safe, etc., etc. We owe a duty to our families. 
Why? Because our family gives us a home, purpose, joy, and life. We take care of our families. Our families help to take care of us. And our duty is to take care of our family to keep it safe and healthy. And it's a two-way street, right? Now, we owe, also owe a duty to nature. And we kind of think of that as, a, it sounds a little funny, but it's true. Why? We all live in nature like one big house, and nature provides us with the conditions to live. Food, water, security, and so it's like if we're all living in the same house, we have to chip in to make sure the house is running properly. I could go on and on. I could talk about our duty to our fellow man. I could talk about our duty to ourselves, but I think you get the point. We might not like this D word, duty, but it's very important. When you're born, life is not about you and your own self-discovery. Life is about you learning and growing. You know, you want to help make your household a better house, right? Uh, Make your house a better household. I I mixed that up. You want to learn things in school to be a productive citizen, etc., etc., You want to help make your surroundings better the way a piece of machinery makes the overall machine better. Now, are there limits to this? Yes, there are limits to this uh, because, as you know, some families are abusive. Uh, Some societies have great evil, so you're not supposed to be a mindless robot. Sometimes things need to change. Sometimes you have to discover yourself. You need to flex a little, create something new, or be someone different. However, even if this, there is change in self-discovery, if it's still good, it's based on our ultimate duty to God. When we speak out on behalf of injustice and evil, we may be shirking our lower duties to the world for a time, but we are still fulfilling our duty to God, who has called us to do what is right no matter what. If we're good people, we never can escape our duties in the end. Now, let me let me recap what I just said. Even in those moments of self-creation and self-discovery, when we rebel against the system and we change for good, even though we might be setting aside our duties to our culture or our families, we're still fulfilling our duty to God. So even those acts of rebellion... We're still doing what is right because we're made by God to do what is right. I hope that makes sense. So what's the point of all this? I think our society has to return to this word. We may not like it, but duty brings healing. Duty will keep fathers in the home with their families. Duty will bring workers back into jobs. Duty will help people treat each other better because we all live under the same roof, so to speak. And so we have to do our part. Duty will make our country better because in a democratic republic such as we have in the United States, we run the show, or we're supposed to really, by electing our officials who then are supposed to go and do what is right. Duty to God will make our lives better because we will live for a higher purpose other than whatever feels good today. Our duty to God trumps all other lower responsibilities so that when anything goes wrong in the lower realms, we can correct it according to the ultimate standard of good, which is God. 
and thus we keep our duty to him. So we have a duty to our God, a duty to our country, and a duty to our families. So this word is a dirty word now, but let's make it holy. God put us on earth, yes, to discover ourselves and to create things and sometimes to buck the system if we need to, but it's a holy word because in general, we're part of a larger society, a larger machine where we're supposed to do our part. We're supposed to work hard and make the world better. And so I think we need a return to duty. Anyways, this is where if you're in middle school, if you have middle school humor, you've been cracking up the whole time saying, oh, he's talking about crap. Anyways, that just pops into my head and I probably chuckle more than I should. Anyways, uh, we're going to move on to our devotional. Uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1 through 13. I'm going to read it. It's from the NIV and then we'll talk about it for a few moments. So let me begin. For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus for the sake of you Gentiles, surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is, the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. In reading this, then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to other people in other generations, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. I became a servant of this gospel by the grace of God's grace, that doesn't make sense, by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory." That's Ephesians 3, verses 1 through 13. So what are a, a few notes from this? I think uh, one, of the, one of the comments I have comes from cha- uh, verse 7. We are servants of the gospel. Sometimes when we think about uh, you know, what we do as Christians, we don't think of it this way. We think, oh, what can God do for us? What can I get out of this? We think about God giving us peace and joy and us being comforted when things go bad. Yes, that is a large part of Christianity. God comforts us. We are very blessed. However, as Paul said, we're also servants of this gospel. We serve God by the gift of God's grace. And so we serve God, we spread the gospel, we be the best people we can be. Why? Because we are servants of the good news, and we want to share 
with other people the medicine of salvation, right? We want other people who are sick with their sin and with their troubles, we want them to be healed. And so that's what servants do, right? Secondly, what I like about this passage is that we can approach God. This is verse 12. Because of Jesus, we can approach God with freedom and confidence. You think about a king, right? If you had to walk up to a king, that would be really scary. And you don't know what always would happen when you report things or when you give news, whatever might happen. You're not always sure how he will respond. But because of Jesus, we can approach God with freedom and confidence. And that's really encouraging. And then finally, verse 13, just a a final note. I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. Think about it. The Ephesians, you know, Paul suffered a whole lot. We read about it in Acts, and he talks, you know, he's in prison when he writes Philippians, etc., etc. Paul suffers a whole lot. And if you're the Ephesians, you could really feel bad about that. You'd be like, oh man, Paul's having such a tough time. However, that's actually our glory. Paul is doing it because he worships God and he sees in the end there's going to be something in heaven for him. He's going to live in eternity with God. And so it's glorious. It's awesome. It all points to Jesus and the fact that we're going to be taken care of. It's going to be okay. And so it's encouraging knowing that even when someone suffers for the gospel or when we suffer for the gospel, it's a good thing. God is well pleased with us, and we know that we live for a higher purpose no matter what uh, others might say. And so this is a very encouraging passage, and those are just a few things that I noted. Uh, let me know if, if you see anything else, or, you know, like I said last episode, we're up on social media, so if you ever have a thought on the episode or the devotional in the episode, let me know, and I'd love to interact with you. But anyways, let me pray, and then we'll sign off. Father, we are so blessed that we can be servants of the gospel. We're so blessed that we can approach you and talk to you because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. And finally, no matter the suffering, no matter what we go through when we try to obey you, Lord, it's our glory. Why? Because you're glorified, you are lifted high, and we're part of your family. We're the children of God. We're so thankful for you. We're so thankful for the gospel. Help us to go out and to be lights to the world and to be encouraged by this message. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, friend, that's all for today. Uh, so I'll finish with a sign-off. In case I don't see you, good afternoon. Good evening and good night.